guys, I'm Jen, owner of Jen Davis Design. And I'm Giselle, owner of Wander Design Co. We're so excited to welcome you to Better, a brand designer podcast. We have open and honest discussions about what it's really like to run a design business, diving into the stuff you just don't see on Instagram. We're all about giving you actionable advice and fostering a supportive community of the coworkers you're missing. Just remember, the only designer you need to be better than is the one you were yesterday. Welcome back to Better, the Brain Designer podcast. We're super excited to be hanging out with you guys today, chatting about something that is very near and dear to both of our hearts, typography. I was thinking of creative title for this podcast, but then I was just like, I'm so excited. Typography, typography, typography. Try to say that five times fast because it's really hard, but I just did. So. <laughs> typography, typography, typography. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's hard. but Which is, yeah, it is really hard. Anyways, let's jump into our intro question for today. So Giselle. When you have 30 minutes of free time during a work day, how do you spend it? And be honest. Okay. In full <laughs> honesty, I definitely have like half of my day where I'm full steam ahead and then the last half of my day I'm like chugging like barely. <laughs> so if the 30 minutes of free time happen in the morning, I'll like stand up and like eat a snack even if I'm not hungry. <laughs> no, it's good. Yeah. And then or I'll like go clean or I'll start like planning some things that I've been wanting to do on my business or with something else like a trip or whatever so I'll spend like that time and I'll usually do it standing up just to like help me stretch and it just feels really good but if it's in the evening that I find or like after lunch usually after 1 p.m that I find myself having 30 minutes free I'll just like watch a YouTube video or do something more brainless. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I definitely I definitely resonate with that a lot. I like my ideal self wants to answer this question and say that like I walk my dog, but that doesn't always happen. Eating is really good. My ideal self would definitely have a snack cuz I like for, I forget to eat when I'm in the flow of things all the time. But like guys, we keep it real on this podcast. Like yep. Netflix, <laughs> Netflix, guys. Like if I'm watching, like I'll watch The Bachelor. I just finished some a good documentary, you know, and I'm like, oh, well, I need to take a break. Like, you know, and when I have a break, I shouldn't be staring at a screen or sitting down. So you inspired me, Giselle. I should like walk around and like make calls or run an errand or something but right i just watched netflix standing up you know what why can't i watch netflix standing up that's a great idea it sounds like a band name like netflix standing up. i don't know i've listened to it oh my gosh all right let's get started today with our conversation about typography yay and jen what's your idea here do you want to do like a a Q&A. I, yeah, I mean, I'm Pop thinking quiz. that like we kind of just go through, there's so many different things to talk about in the world of typography. And I think that we can just start off with some vocab. We'll have a little vocab quiz. And like, honestly, guys, this is not me knowing all the answers and like telling you the answers. This is me like legitimately being like, I wonder what the difference between this word is. So <laughs> let's talk about typeface versus font versus typography versus lettering versus calligraphy. Those are five really big words in this world, and sometimes they can get a little confusing. So a typeface is a set of characters of the same design. It's often confused with font, which is a specific size and style of a typeface. Typeface is the full family, and font is the individual style of the typeface. Typography, I think, is just the general term. Mm -hmm. So it's not actually representing like a 
typeface or anything yeah. like that. Yeah, when I think of typography, I think of, like, the art of using mm. fonts and various typefaces to create yeah. something that's bigger than the font itself. So if you want to get, like, really artsy with typography and, and you kind of put all these, like, different fonts together. <laughs> it's hard, guys. Then, yeah, then uh, you would call that a type treatment. Oh, and okay. Because it's the way that you're treating all of the the, the type, basically. And then so with lettering, you're not actually using a typeface. It's usually hand-drawn letters. Maybe some typefaces are based off of hand-drawn lettering. So they have the quote-unquote handwritten or like decorative sort of category. Which is like magic to me because how do the letters connect? But, you know, know. y'all typeface designers out there, you have my respect. (laughs) Yes, it's always in the back of my mind. Like, how do they make this look so seamless? I know, I know. So that's when you also know if you're having if you have a really good font or typeface and a bad one like a you know it's like if the spacing is really weird and you have to keep fixing the kerning. So then calligraphy then I'm sure a lot of you know this because this has been a huge trend in the last 10 years. Calligraphy is when you have that more like traditional script with the pen and you have the varied weights on the lines of of each uh, letter and it's super beautiful and usually you see it in weddings Derek my husband he calls it the wedding font oh, I love <laughs> every it. time he sees calligraphy he's like oh it's the wedding font <laughs> oh my gosh that's so funny yeah like wow like you know I'm looking at all these different words and there are so many just so many like you know I use them interchangeably you know like I'll use typeface and font interchangeably but it is good to know what it I actually like I use font more than anything else just because that's how I learned it but the difference between and them. Another thing too, like, um, you know, we're, we are a brand designer podcast, but when we're talking to our clients, we're not going to be all technical and we want to talk in layman's terms when we talk to our clients because they, we don't ever want our clients to feel dumb. So if font is the word that most people will say, then use the word font. And then if they want to be a connoisseur of some kind and then they correct you, you just say yeah haha I'm glad that you know that as well and that's it just move on <laughs> there's no ego you have so much just tact <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> I love it okay so now let's move on to some more of the nitty-gritty of typography vocabulary oh there's another tongue twister so Giselle <laughs> I'm looking at a image right now of the anatomy of a typeface and there are just some really fun things that I didn't really know were things so I just want to see if you know what they are see if you can give me your best guess as to what these two words are, and then you can pick two words and ask me. What is an aperture? Aperture? I'm thinking about photography right away. I have no idea. <laughs> your best guess in terms of type. Just give me something crazy. Would it be like the space inside a letter, like the letter lowercase a or something? Yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> How did you know that? Well, in, in photography, you have the aperture is like when the lens opens. Oh, so I'm thinking of an open circle. They have the lowercase letter C highlighted, like the negative space inside it would be yeah. the aperture. And then how about a stem? Oh, the stem is like the little parts that stick out like on top of the T, right? It's highlighting on this image that the stem is the like vertical bar of a capital oh. T. Yes. Okay. I know. There's like so many. Would the stem also be then, um, like if you have, you know, those rounded A's? Yes. And there's a little line. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like the circle and a line. Would the line be the stem as well? 
or is this only for capitals? It's it's saying it as far as this image goes, it's saying that like it's just the vertical like like of like an of a, an F. It would be the vertical line oh, okay. of the F, I guess. So gotcha. yay, okay. How about you find <laughs> some ones that are that to quiz me? Just pick two. Okay. I have some books in front of me, so that's I can fine. Something and also, you can ask me something that you know already. Yeah. Okay. I'll ask you this one. What is the overshoot? Ooh, overshoot. Hmm. Would it be like I'm gonna just guess, like in a capital E, when like the le- the line goes further than like the middle line? That's a good guess. <laughs> I don't but know. Tell me. You're in the right ballpark. Do you want me to just tell you? Yeah. Or do you want to try again? Tell me. Okay. You know when you're um, aligning fonts and so like the s or the o or the c kind of go over the line yes yes that's I do. called the overshoot oh and that's and that's designed so that visually everything looks like it's on the same line mm. uh, okay yes all right that's so cool i didn't know that had a name yeah <laughs> let's see what else so jen what is the ear an ear I'm going to guess that it's like the little ball on the end of like a lowercase letter in like a serif or semi-serif font where it's like a little thicker on the end. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think you're right. It's like in my example that I have in front of me, the lowercase serif G has a little ear coming out. Yes. Okay. I wonder yeah. if that's just very specific to that G. You know, like it's that that letter in particular, the lowercase G, if if you ask someone to to write it, that's one of the very few letters that people would never draw that shape to make a lowercase uh-huh. G. It's very interesting. Yeah. And and whenever I get to design something that has a lowercase G, I'm like, ooh, we're gonna find a font that really utilizes this. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Awesome. That, I'm learning something new. Yes. So one last one. Okay. Which is very similar to that is what is a teardrop terminal? A teardrop terminal. Now I'm thinking of the answer that I just gave, where it's like at the end of like a lowercase a, where it's like thicker. I don't know. That's like immediately what came to mind. So it's the opposite part of that. It's, ah! the, it's the nose of the a, like a serif a. You get like that little teardrop shape. And it also depends on Oh, like, like on the bottom of it? So... You know when you <laughs> We're when literally you draw the, drawing our fingers in the air, guys. I know you can't see I could but. just share my screen, but yeah, you guys won't be able to see anything. <laughs> but it's uh it's oh, okay, here's another one. The R. You know when you draw an R mm-hmm. and it's serif? Yeah. So you draw the little stem. Yeah. And then you draw the little loop thing on mm-hmm. top. That's the the teardrop. Oh, okay. All and right. this will apply mainly to serif fonts, especially those that are, are like, what is it, humanist and transitional. Okay, um, girl, you know. But way I think more about Jen, I think what I you were talking about were the it, are they called the feet? Like they're literally called the feet. Oh, maybe. Let me check. This makes me want to get a book and like really research up on this, guys. If any one of you are listening to this and you're like, wow, you guys know nothing, then like, I I deeply apologize. But this is actually super (laughs) interesting. Like, I'm such a nerd about this type of stuff. Yeah, this is great because I actually never took a typography class when I was in university. We didn't have that. Mm -hmm, And now they do. And I I go back to my university and I tell those kids, like, you guys are so lucky. I'm so jealous (laughs) of everyone who's gone to take a a typography class. class. (sighs) Yeah, so... 
I have a few books today that I want to share with you guys that I love that have taught me a lot about typography because it was yes. definitely my my biggest weakness. And I think as a graphic designer, you really show the difference between an amateur and a professional by the way that you handle your typography. Yes. So we can talk about that later. But oh no no no! Talk me. about talk about your books now. Let's do it. Okay, sounds good. So there's three books that I really recommend. Specifically, one. So if you were to only get one book, I would recommend getting the book called Thinking with Type. It's the second edition, the one that I have. I don't know if there's a newer one, but it's by Ellen Lupton. And it's a, it just has like, I'm showing Jen right now. <laughs> can you see this? <laughs> yes, I can. So it just has everything you want to know about typography in like a very well-designed layout style book. So it's not like this big textbook and scary thing. It's actually really fun to read. And it has a lot of examples of different typefaces and all like a little bit of history and like fun facts and examples on how to use things and how to pair them and and contrast hierarchy, you know, letter spacing, like anything that you want to know. It's going to be in this book. And it's not it's not that thick. Yeah. It's easy to carry around. It's beautiful. (laughs) <laughs> maybe going to amazon <laughs> yeah we'll have the links in the in the episode yes. i actually grabbed them before we recorded yeah yeah <laughs> then the next one is called just my type oh it's, um, <laughs> it's really cute and it, it's actually uh more about history of typography like specifically typefaces i think it's based i, I read it a long time ago so let me check yeah it's it talks about things like legibility versus readability Pirates and clones. Wow. <laughs> Breaking the rules. Like just showing you all of the rules and also a lot of histories in this book. So it's more of like a text read as opposed to the first one that I mentioned that has a lot of visual examples. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of history on very like staple typefaces that we all know, like Helvetica, Gil Sands, and all yeah. of those. And they're pretty interesting stories. And then the last one is a Elements of Typographic Style. This is I think considered like the typeface Bible. So um, it just has like a bunch of information on there. It's definitely a little more boring. <laughs> in my opinion. It's about type though. So yeah, how boring can but, it be? Right, exactly. So based off of these, yeah. It's all relative. It's awesome. not actually boring. <laughs> okay, well, I'm definitely like with all of my 30-minute breaks in my work, gonna, yeah, now I'm going to use go. those to read my new type books. Yes. Awesome. Um, let's just go – I'm going to go over real quick um, the difference between letting, kerning, and tracking because those are three things when you, we're working with typography that people will talk about a lot. This isn't really something that I talk with my clients about because they don't really know what this is, but letting is the distance between lines vertically of text. So if you have higher letting, then you're going to have more space in between the lines of your paragraph. Kerning is the individual space between two letters. And then tracking is the space that is between all of the letters of you know of whatever you've highlighted so kerning and tracking can be kind of interchangeable sometimes but kerning is just in between two characters and tracking is in between all of the characters so yeah yes yeah in in web design they call that letter spacing so yes yeah there's a lot of CSS differences. And so when I was, you know, transitioning mm-hmm. over to learning CSS, um, it was like, wait, wait, what? Yeah, right. And then and like letting is line height, mm-hmm. right? It is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Letter spacing. Yeah. I don't think they do kerning in web. 
No, I don't know. I don't know why you would crazy sometimes. Yeah, (laughs) like sometimes you're like, okay, this circular letter next to this other circular letter, they need to be closer, you know. But anyways, Um, so let's move on to talk about where do fonts come from. I feel like we're talking about like where do babies come from, but like this is the way that I phrase that in the outline. It's just funny. The birth of a font. The birth of a font. I know, right? So. When we talk about fonts, you know, like you can get fonts on Creative Market, you can get them on like Dafont or font, like Font Squirrel or whatever, but like where, like who creates them? There are actual people out there who are type designers and they work um, either independently or they um, work for different type foundries and they're like the job of a type foundry is just to create different typefaces and sell them. And so when we talk about the legality of fonts and typefaces later on in the episode, we're talking about being able to like actually support these people who it's their whole livelihood to create these typefaces. So a couple of my favorite boundaries are right now, and like they change based on what projects that I'm working on and what like research I'm doing, but I just discovered pizza typefaces and you can just Google pizza typefaces. I need to look that up. <laughs> yeah, they're great. They make um, Orello and I think that's a really hot font right now. And then VJ type, they are just super like, I want to say French, like serif, very thin, really like almost wacky. And so I'm working on finding the correct project to match with a few of their types. So what are a few of your favorite boundaries? So same like you, I obsess over something when I'm working on a project. Yes. (laughs) And to get exposed to these different typefaces or to these different boundaries. But I don't think I have a favorite right now, but I I have been eyeing up the Hoodspot Design Co. typefaces. Yes, they're beautiful. And because they're really fun and they're kind of illustrative, they're a bit vintage. Yeah. I just have haven't had a project I get to work on them with. So same same with you about the the what is it the VJ type? Uh, yeah, VJ. Like I'm excited for a chance to get to use them. And then another one that I really admire is the Hoffler Type Foundry. They have created so many different fonts that have just been like pretty staple in the in the industry i don't want to say the word staple what word do i want to say i feel like different fonts come in and out of popularity and i feel like Mm -hmm. it happens very quickly like just based off of the you know the designers and you know studios that i follow and like the type of style that i'm in like i do see very similar typefaces being used and that can be a challenge sometimes to designers you know when you see a typeface that you really like and you're like oh my gosh i'm so inspired and it's like how best to pair a typeface with a client or project. It's like we're matchmakers, you know? It's like I may want to use a typeface really, really bad, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the client is going to respond well to it or that it's even the right typeface for a project. So I find myself having to check myself a lot of the time when I find this beautiful font and I'm like, oh, it would just look so good, you know? And then I think like, okay, is this strong and architectural and does it have movement and flow? And, you know, and it's like, okay, well, when I look at those descriptors that I've created, during the brand strategy phase, it doesn't actually like relate to the typeface that I'm working with. So that's one of the ways that I kind of am able to narrow down my exploration from my my Illustrator document. But yeah, so much, so much to say about that. Um, let's chat about some other places that you can find fonts. I know I listed a few of them um, earlier, but my absolute favorite place and the first place that I go is myfonts.com. I like how I can create an account and I can save my favorites to a list. I'm sure you can do that in a lot of different places. But I find that the typefaces are, um, they're very accessible. I would say that the font families are 
or typeface families. Guys, this is hard. I'm just going to like use I what I I'm use. And fonts. if it's wrong, then it's <laughs> fine. The families are around two to 300 and then the individual font styles um, around, you know, 20 to $30. And, you know, I'm not in the place right now in my studio where I'm, you know, spending $300 every single time that I do a project. But one of the things that I will tell newer designers, um, it's like how to uplevel your game is that like you need to invest in the typefaces that you're using. Um, for I mean, if not only to state legal and to like make sure that your client has like a legal logo, but I just find that when I am spending money on type, then it's just the quality is so much better. I'm able to find way more unique fonts. Adobe fonts and Google fonts are great places if you're starting out. They have free, they're both free resources. If you if you have Adobe Creative Cloud, you get Adobe fonts for free. And then Google fonts is just free open source fonts. But you know. When I'm designing, especially a logo, you know, there's so much of the personality that comes out of the type and I cannot recommend enough investing and building a font library for yourself that like is your style because you might go back and use them, you know, like I just highly recommend. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. I agree with Jen. And um, like Jen said, you have to be very smart about what you're spending or what you're investing in with the font. So keep a collection Mm -hmm. of these things don't just like go on a splurge right (laughs) by all these fonts that you're not going to end up using i will bookmark them become like a hot trend and then they just go away very quickly yeah i don't buy a font unless i'm using it for a project that a client has paid me for very rarely will i buy one just to have in my library yeah i know sometimes you just have to have it (laughs) i know sometimes you have to have it and that's okay that's okay go wild but you know (laughs) yeah my fonts i i agree as well that has probably the best the best way for you to filter through a ton of different so fonts many fonts styles and it just it's amazing and I really like look searching for fonts on my fonts and then recently I had a I learned or relearned to double check to see if Adobe fonts has the font already because that's already included in our creative cloud subscription because I almost paid for a font for a special project and as soon as I was on checkout, I thought, you know what? I'm going to go and check Adobe Fonts and see if it's there. And it was. Like wow. the whole family was there. So oh I my saved goodness. myself a bunch of money doing that. <laughs> All right. Well, great, great tip. I love that. I'm <laughs> going to start. I don't do that. So I'm totally going to start doing that now. I didn't even, yeah, I hadn't even thought about it. And then it just occurred to me last minute. Another one too, which is owned by my fonts, right? Yes. Uh, is it's part of, my, it's part of my fonts. Yeah. Yeah. If you ever find a font that you really like and you don't know what it's called, Sure, you can go ask the group first, but you could also save yourself a little bit of time and just make a screenshot and plug it in to whatthefont.com and it'll usually tell you. Yes. Most I would of the time say, it works well. I would say 75% of the time I've gotten an, uh, 100% accurate match and I've actually yeah. found the, the font. Um, and when you post in groups like that, people are just going to whatthefont.com yeah, and using exactly. the tool and then telling you. So, you know, may as well just do it yeah. on your own. <laughs> yeah, it's better for you to say, hey, I already tried what the font. I couldn't yes. find it. So here I am on the Facebook Yes, <laughs> send us all of your what the font rejects. We'll, we'll do our best. <laughs> yeah. And since we're on this topic now, um, there's one for, your, for the phone too. I've tried a few, but the one that I actually find that works is called Find My Font. It's an app for the iPhone. I don't know if they have it on other phones, but it's a really ugly app i must say (laughs) and it's kind of the user experience is a little weird like you have to remember to click the top right search button and when you click after you click enter like it just doesn't work that way but it works really really well 
<laughs> That's awesome. Okay, well, I'm definitely going to get that. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that I get like a 90% success rate on that one. Wow. Yeah, it does a really, really great job. Sometimes I even use it over whatthefont.com and a font extension on Chrome called What Font. Oh, what? Jen, I did, I'm actually surprised that you don't know about this one. Oh my gosh. Because you would love this Chrome extension. You guys are probably like, oh my gosh, I can't believe she didn't know about that. But like, all right, <laughs> no, let's go. Yes, it's so good. It's free. It's it's a little uh, icon that shows up on your Chrome little toolbox bar. And you just click it and then you hover over whatever text is on a web screen. Mm -hmm. So um, if it's an image, of course, it's not going to work. You have to first see that it's a text and then you can hover over it. Then you can click on it. It'll tell you the font. It'll like actually I'm using the word font here. It'll tell you Arial Italic and then it'll mm -hmm. even give you like the hex code number of what they're wow, using. Wow, that's great. Color. You know, because like I've actually I'm actually thinking about this and like I've done that before with the CSS inspect element tool by actually going into the back end of like a website and like searching through to find the styles. But this tool probably just does that for you and pulls it. Yeah, it does it so much quicker than oh. the than the inspect tool. Great. Definitely. Amazing. Do you want to tell us about Type Wolf? Because this is something that I have been following for only about the past year or so, but I know that this guy is really like, he is like the end all be all of finding like the new, cool, trendy typefaces and like kind of sharing them. So yeah, typewolf.com is a really great place if you want to find inspiration on font pairings, especially. So you can go in there and like search a font that you're trying to use. And let's say, for example, you already know the heading font that you want to use, but you don't know exactly what you want to pair it with for the body text. So you can go to TypeWolf and it'll give you tons of examples. And just by seeing them visually, you'll also see like the kind of vibe that it's giving you. And then you can suss out like what you actually want to go with. It's almost like a blog. So it's like they also have categories of, you know, top trendy fonts of 2019 and you know, what's trending now and what fonts represent vintage and, you know, all sorts of stuff like that to kind of expose yourself. Yes. I like going on there when I'm just beginning a project just to see like what jumps out at me, what resonates with me. And they also have really good links directly to the foundries so that you can go and some, some foundries do not release their fonts to websites like my fonts and you have to buy them directly from the foundry, which, you know, I think is great when you're supporting you know, the foundries, sometimes fonts can, you know, typeface families can get into the thousands and I am not at that level in my business yet. But like some like, I mean, Canela. I just pretend they don't like, exist. <laughs> I know, right? I like want Canela so bad because, I, you know, I am seeing it everywhere. Canela is one of those really, really popular typefaces right now. But I, I think it's like eight, eight or $900 um, for the whole family. So, yeah. How much is just a font? Mm, I think yeah. one font... I think one font might be around 100, 120. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want Canela Light, you go, girl. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, there's like like 30 different fonts in that whole family. There's so many. Okay. But yeah. Jen, I have to ask you, so what fonts are you loving right now? Because I think that you usually have like your favorite font of the moment. Yes. I usually do not. So that's going to be a question <laughs> just for you. Okay. Just for me. Um. My favorite font right now, and one that I'm, I'm really looking for the right match for it is Love from VJ Type, and I think it's VJType.com. They're a foundry. They were they were telling, I was I was talking about VJ Type earlier, saying it's very like French inspired, very you know thin serifs, and Love just has 
its own personality in terms of like there's so many different glyphs there's so many different ways like the if it's Ooh. capital or lowercase like I have just seen this all over Pinterest and I'm in love with it I think it I need a really funky brand and client that would make it really work and I'm doing some exploration right now for some projects using love but I don't know exactly like, you know, where they're going to go, but that's one that I am like currently obsessing over. And then I think I actually, someone just posted in the group about, you know, what syrups are you living right now? And um, on the cheaper side, Sauvage from Creative Market is a very, I want to say like old style, almost art deco inspired serif font um, that is just absolutely gorgeous. So I'm loving that those two right now. Yeah. And that's going to wow, change tomorrow beautiful. or next week. Yeah. Isn't it so pretty? <laughs> the- We'll link yeah. to it. It was designed in 2018 in Paris. <laughs> oh my How goodness. Cute. It, it actually looks very romantic because of the way that the letters, specifically the all caps that I'm looking at right now, mm-hmm. intertwine with each other. Like yes. the R and the A. Mm-hmm. They're like, it's like they're dancing. It's insane. Yes. Oh, yeah. I'm like, I'm totally smitten. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> So let's move on to talking about how we organize our fonts. And this is a question that I love asking other designers (laughs) because I love organization. I love to keep my house nice and clean. We just moved, so my house is not clean right now. But it's okay. My fonts are super organized. I use a tool um, called Write Font. And I think I paid $75 for it. It is a, a downloadable application for my Mac. And if you guys are struggling with Fontbook, like crashing and closing and not like storing your your fonts properly like fontbook is the application that came with that comes with the, the mac i just got rid of it i was like i don't want you anymore this is like it was literally giving me <laughs> such a headache so i found right font and i really like it it allows me to create my own categories and then like organize my fonts by like my own category so beyond serif sans serif um I think I will tell you guys what the categories that I have are. I have bold, display, retro, sans serif, script, serif, handwritten. And then like you can go even more in depth into that with like my favorites or like, you know, if you wanted to do thin serifs or high contrast or, you know, just Mm. whatever like – you look for when you're doing projects in your own style. I just like how it allows me to do that. And I'm sure a lot of different programs do that, but you can also activate and deactivate fonts with right font, which I like as well. So if you have a lot and you don't want them all to be available to you at once, you can activate and deactivate them and it will turn them on and off basically, even though you have still have the source file on your computer. So. That's so awesome. Yeah. I actually, organizing my fonts has been something on my to-do list for like the last five years. <laughs> I, yeah, it was on my to-do list too. And then I like, I had a breakdown and had to like, you know, had to address it. It was that's, an issue. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. And yeah. I just earlier this week, I was having a hard time plugging in a new font because it kept putting it in as regular and it was italic, regular and bold. And all three of them, font book, just put them under regular so only regular showed up on my on my InDesign I was going crazy guys on my outline for on our outline for this episode I wrote font book for Mac can go die period because that's how (laughs) I feel about it they it just is so buggy like someone needs to someone from Apple please address font book or give us right font as like a built-in app all right rant over (laughs) yes 
And then the last thing we want to talk about is how to be legal with fonts, personal versus commercial use. Should the client pay for it or should you? My short answer is it depends. So yeah. some things like you do definitely would should always look at the license that comes with the font. I know that places like Font Scroll, I think everybody knows about fontscroll.com. They're usually commercial use, but sometimes they only provide like a certain weight. And if you want the entire font, you have to go purchase it and you have to purchase a commercial license. And they usually link you to myfonts.com or something like that. Yes. Um, so when you when you said for fonts for font scroll, you said most of them are commercial use already? I believe so, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You have I, to read I haven't you, used it in a while, so I'm gonna check it out right now. But always look and see what the license says because they do depend, you know, depends on the foundry, depends on the place that you're buying it from or the place you're getting it for free from because there are free fonts that are that say that they are commercial use. Yes. Always one of my the things that I do when I organize my fonts is I always either take a screenshot or save a PDF of the font license and save it in the folder in my Mac. And if you use a, an organizational tool, you still need to file your fonts somewhere on your computer and there's actually a fonts folder on the Mac and it's not necessarily always available to you in your finder but I think if you you do like a little squiggly line and then a slash or something when you go to file or like find or actually if you're in your finder and there's like a little thing that says go at the top you can type in like fonts and it will send you to the folder of your Mac that saves the font files when you install a new font so I keep that very like very organized and so in each folder I have the license of the font Mm. with me so I know what font because sometimes I have trial some font families or foundries will give you trial versions mm-hmm. and i mark it red with a little red tag so i know like hey if i'm actually going to use this in a real client project then i need to go and buy it and get the license for it and then um i just checked font scroll it says we know how hard it is to find quality freeware that is licensed for commercial work we've done the hard work <laughs> <laughs> perfect perfect <laughs> So there you go. Okay, so shall we move on? Yeah, I think I think that was pretty much everything that we were oh, going to yeah. talk about today. Do you have any final things that you wanted to mention? Yeah, so that's everything that we wanted. Well, no, that only scratches the surface of everything <laughs> we wanted to talk about uh, in terms of typography today. So let's keep the conversation going on our Facebook group. Also share if you found a really awesome font that you want to shout from the rooftops then let us know because I am pretty lazy at looking for fonts. And if I just see it, I just have to get it exposed to it. So when I see it, I'm like, oh, thank you so much for sharing. Yes. <laughs> no, we love it. Collection. We love it. So let's all help um, each other out there. Also, if you have any resources for typography, newbie and advanced, it doesn't matter. Please share. We would love to see that, whether it's books or blogs or anything else that you're loving, YouTube videos, other podcast episodes, please share. Um, and now let's get into our inbox question. Cool. Okay. So Bridget Monica asks, how do you keep informed of trends while also not relying too much on them since branding is so specific to your client? Giselle, do you want to jump in and give your answer? Sure thing. I have a funny relationship with trends um, when it comes to design because I absolutely love them. I find like on Instagram, I'm always like following the same kind of style. Like right now, I'm really into that whole like abstract, like terrazzo style, but I don't apply that to any of my projects in at work. And I want to, but at the same time, I'm like, well, that's not really the clients that I that I 
uh, service. <laughs> so maybe it's more like a fun project for me. So I, when it comes to designing for clients, when it comes to trends, I try to stay away from them and think more long-term. So if something has been super trendy that if I ask myself, you know, 10 years from now, if I look at this, uh, if I look at this design, will I think, wow, that was very 2020? Or will I just think like, oh, this is just for like a little bit of tweaking here and there, like it's going to look good as new. And that's kind of the way that I handle trends when it comes to clients. But as Jen knows, recently, I got feedback from a client about the logo being a little outdated looking that I had created. And he asked if we could modernize it a bit. And I just told Jen, like, what does that even mean? <laughs> You're like, it's a sans serif. It's modern already. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, with clients, like, they, they're not as in tune with design trends as we are. So sometimes you do have to do a little bit of pushback and, and let them know, like, inform them a little bit more. Or sometimes you just have to think, yeah, how can I modernize this? <laughs> yeah. But, I, yeah, Jen, I, what are your I couldn't have said it better myself. I completely agree with everything you said. It it just it comes back to um, creating before you consume. I know I've I totally stole that from I think Create Cultivate, but I, I mentioned that in a previous episode that when you are about to dive into exploration for a project, I know you do have to do typography research, but see if you can try and stay away from other designers. I actually for myself, I choose not to follow a lot of other designers on my own Instagram. Instead, I follow ideal clients. Um, and so if any of y'all have followed me, I love you so much. I followed you back on the better page. But just, you know, when I am doing my Instagram engagement or whatever, I do try to stay away from what other designers are doing. Um, and that is not to say that I don't go and look sometimes, you know, if I'm really, you know, stumped or I just want to see kind of what, how someone else handled something, then like, yeah, absolutely use that as a source of inspiration. But really think about where your ideas are at first and pull out your sketchbook pull out your sketchbook and design a font and then see if there's anything out there that kind of matches that that's the best way to stay authentic to yourself as a designer and not you know jump on the trend bandwagon which is it's it's one thing to say and it's another thing to actually do I'm I'm definitely guilty of that so a hundred percent Jen it's really easy to, to fall into the echo chamber of Instagram of what everybody else is doing and you just want to keep up with what they're doing one thing I do want to say you know speaking outside of brand identity work when you're just designing let's say a flyer or something more short term um, like email blast social media posts things like that things are, aren't don't need to last the next 10 years that's when you can embrace those trends I think that's when you can have a lot of fun with it and show like this is really in style we're gonna go a hundred percent on it because it's the flyer for next week's workshop or something like that hopefully not next week and hopefully it's not that short around, but. <laughs> i know like they better be paying you a rush fee girl yeah <laughs> oh that's awesome well thank you guys so much for hanging out with us as we like butchered our way through talking about typography like i literally have said this a billion times but there's so much to chat about and we're just excited to see what you guys think and to hear all of your favorite types that you're loving right now so we will see you guys in the next episode Bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Subscribe wherever you're listening to make sure you don't miss an episode. And we'd be forever grateful if you left us a review on Apple Podcasts. We bet you've got designer friends who'd enjoy it too, so share it with them. If you'd like to submit an inbox question for us to answer on air or want to get in contact with us directly or are interested in a guest interview slot, reach out at inbox at betterbranddesigner.com. There are so many amazing conversations happening inside our Facebook community. We'd love to hang out with you in there. Search for Better the Brand Designer podcast to join us. And visit us online at betterbranddesigner.com 
to learn more about our podcast and each other. 